Hi, this is Carmine Peace, and you're listening to Iron City Rocks. Hey, this is Vivian Campbell, and you're listening to Iron City Rocks. Hey, this is Phil Susan here, and you're listening to Iron City Rocks. Welcome to episode 438 of the Iron City Rocks podcast. My name is John, and I'm coming to you from the Iron City of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, bringing the best rock, hard rock, heavy metal, and blues talk on the net. Episode 438, we welcome back to Iron City Rocks, Vinny Apice. Vinny, obviously the drummer of the band Last in Line, was the drummer for many, many years and many, many projects with his friend Ronnie James Dio. Uh, he and his brother Carmine Apice, also legendary drummer Vanilla Fudd, Rod Stewart, uh, you name it, between the two of them, I think they've played with everyone, um, have put together a tribute to the late Ronnie James Dio. It was released on the 16th of May, which was the 10th anniversary of Ronnie's passing. It is a song they had done uh, previously called Monsters and Heroes. I mean, you listen to it, it's sung by Paul Shortino of most probably most notably a rough cut. Uh, the song is very much about Ronnie. You can listen to it in the vocals. Uh, they're joined by Artie Dillon, Jim Crean, and James Caputo on bass uh, to really pay homage to uh, Ronnie with the song. So in of me, instead of me trying to explain it, we're just going to play the song for you. We are going to get into the interview with Ronnie's drummer and great friend, Vinnie Apple. <laughs>
gentlemen, my pleasure to welcome to Iron City Rocks. We have on the line Vinny Apice. How you doing, Vinny? I'm doing good. Good to be here. How are you? It's great. All things considered, uh, doing very well. I know this is a challenging time, especially in your business. Um, but uh, over the weekend, you guys dropped a, a very fitting tribute to uh, a former colleague of yours, the late Ronnie James Dio. Um, do you want to talk just a little bit about how the track came together with Paul and your brother and, and company? Uh, yeah, we... Um you know, I'm I'm seeing all these videos coming out with different bands and everybody's doing these, you know, I call them virus videos, you know, yeah. there's multiple windows and everybody's in different uh, locations and stuff. So uh, I thought, you know, it'd be cool to do one of those. Uh, why don't, uh, maybe with Carmine we can do something. And then I knew Ronnie's uh, anniversary was coming up. Mm-hmm. So we have a song that was released on an album that we did together, Carmine and I, called Sinister. And the album, the song is called Monsters and Heroes, and the lyrics written by Paul Shertino were all about Ronnie. So I thought that would be pretty cool to do a video like this and a tribute to Ronnie in that style. And uh, I called Carmine, he was up for it. And that's how the ideas uh, progressed. So, it was, luckily, our guitar player, Artie, uh, knows how to put this together with the video. Yeah. I'm good with audio, but video, man, I, oh, my God. Yeah, that's... Mess. So, yeah, I, I can't do it. And uh, so he knew really what he was doing, so he kind of edited it and produced it. So uh, so that's what we did, and I did the drums first, then we sent it to uh, Artie for guitar, and then we sent it to Carmine. And then this song we played in our uh, in our live show. Carmine and I do a live show called Drum Wars, mm-hmm. and we play music from our history. And that's the band we use. Everybody in that video is a band. <clears throat> so we're used to playing these songs, and especially Monsters and Heroes, where we divide up the parts. I play, he plays, we play together. So it was easy to do. You know, it was easy to 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 make it work. So when and, you, uh, when you did this, was it done? You guys was was this a re-record of the, of the actual album track? Then or, or yes, a re-record, yeah. And there's a little thing at the end that I extended the drum break. Usually it only happens one time, mm-hmm. but uh, I, I elongated it and then uh, made it two. So there's a little more drums in it. And so, that's it. But it came out. You know, we were surprised how good it came out. So when you would do this, were you guys playing at different times, and it just kind of put together through Pro Tools, or were you guys actually able to use the technology to simulate playing together? And I've always worried about the lag with with you know bands trying to do these sort of remote. No, no, we weren't playing it live. Okay. At, not at the same time. We did, we made a video. But everybody was in different locations. Gotcha. Oh, that's what it was. This way, yeah. Uh, and we lo- didn't do a live thing. That would be. That's hard. what I wondered when, when I was watching it, because obviously your guitar player changes guitars through the song, so I figured there was some, you know, trickery going on there. But um, I often, yeah. you know, you'll see these these bands, you know, where it looks like everybody's kind of doing the same thing at the same time, and you know, there's been a ton of them with Queen covers, you know, with the Brian May thing. Um, but I yeah. often wondered, you know, obviously he recorded his part, but I assume everybody's just kind of taking the track, putting it in Pro Tools, adding their own two cents, you know, with the video. Um, 
or however right. however you do it. I, I love in the video when you do there, there's a piece you do on the drum and you kind of flip your wrists towards your brother and, and visually it looks oh, yeah, really really cool. Take it away. <laughs> yeah, that that uh, yeah. that was really brilliant. That's what I do live, you know, and I point yeah. to him so uh, you know people looking at watching me all yeah. of a sudden they they go look at Kama and he fill, finishes the phrase or the whatever you know so now, yeah as, cool uh, obviously siblings you guys have a certain chemistry you've been around each other literally your entire life but um is it difficult for for drummers to kind of coexist i mean you think of bands like the allman brothers that that done it but in a metal way you rarely see you know two drums on the same stage is that kind of tr- difficult to try to coordinate that um, well, Carmine and I, it's very easy because we're on the same page. Mm-hmm. We play a lot alike, but then we play a lot uh, different. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when it comes to the song, we just figure out, all right, why don't you play the, part, the beginning, I'll play this part, you know. And on our album, we played all different ways you know we played some songs all the way through some songs i played some songs he played then we divided it up different ways uh so it was easy for us to figure it out you know but uh for metal yeah two drummers is kind of redundant you know i mean you don't really need it you know but but for our show we're brothers it's our show and people are coming to see us so it's it it fits us perfectly for what we do yeah yeah and you can tell there's a chemistry, and like you said, there's such a, you know, when I think of the styles, and maybe it's just the bands you guys have been in throughout your history, I don't think of you guys as having that similar or, or dissimilar styles, you know, it's just, again, maybe it's perception because of his work with Jeff, and you working with Ronnie, you know, you think of it, you're almost in two different worlds, but maybe not so different when you, you know, peel away the, the, uh, the guitars and the vocalists and stuff maybe the playing's not that different from an outsider but um do you right think you play i mean as a metal drummer do you think you play maybe a little more aggressively than he does or can you contrast the styles between the two of you yeah i play i definitely you know i'm i'm into playing more metal and heavier and and i'm i'm pretty loud drummer with dynamics but uh carmine a little bit different you know he's i i never played a love song on stage let's put mm-hmm. it that way or a ballad carmine's played ballads with rod stewart and mm-hmm. the fudge and stuff so we vary that's the difference between us you know i'm more aggressive more i'm the evil brother let's say, say it nice. sounds it sounds like the little brother you know i mean when you think yeah. about it you know what you expect from a of a family you know, the little brother's usually the one that's into the trouble and the mischief and the more raucous music. Yeah. But uh, I mean, when I grew up, I used to take records, you know, albums like Hendrix or whoever, mm-hmm. and put it on 16 and a half instead of 33, mm-hmm. and listen to the song like, wow, look how heavy, <laughs> listen how heavy that is, man. Everything fattened up, and, you know, it was just massive, and I used to think that was cool. So would that's um. Me. When when you guys put together the the drum wars show, I mean, do you kind of have to chart out how you're going to approach 
the type of the numbers you do or um, you know when you think of like drummers when they go from let's say a, a three-piece band to a four-piece band to a five-piece band I've heard many drummers Mickey D for example explain that he plays very differently you know in King Diamond that he did in Motorhead because of you know sometimes you have to fill the space more um, do you find sometimes you have to almost back off so it doesn't become just too bombastic Oh yeah, yeah. Less is more, you know. And I play, I I try to play as melodic as I can, even with heavy songs. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't want to overplay. Usually, you know, <clears throat> you get to know the song, you feel the song. I don't just even when I do sessions at my house for some projects. You know, I don't do it in one day. I'll listen to the song for a day or a couple of days. Then I'll test drums. I'll lay down some tracks. Then I usually punch in different parts and so I could hear what I want to play. And I do it until it comes natural. Gotcha. Now, when someone and, asks uh, you... You don't want to over, overplay. I do a lot of fills. I mean, mm-hmm. to do fills, I feel it in the song. So... When, when you approach like cre- creating the parts for a song, though, let's say you know somebody comes to you with maybe a material, do they usually give you like a scratch, like a drum, you know, like a drum machine sort of track? I guess in this world, it's not called a drum machine. But well, loops, what I get, loops and Pro Tools. I whatever. get all, all get some stuff that has a drum machine on it, so you can listen to the song, and I get stuff with just guitar. Mm-hmm. You know, I get stuff with guitar, bass, and vocal, and no drums. I get everything you can imagine. <laughs> Is there a way, like so, from a creative standpoint, you prefer maybe to get it without drums so that you can kind of just envision it in your head without being tainted by somebody's scratch track? That works, but sometimes, you know, I may hear it, like say I hear the song, I think it's halftime, then I listen to the drum track, and they have it on, you know, full time. Mm-hmm. They they put it full time. That's what they're looking for. So I'll do both. You know, I usually listen to the the drum track and then I just don't listen to it again, just to hear what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it helps both ways. You know, you get an idea of what it is you're being asked to do. I guess is probably a good idea. I've sometimes yeah, yeah. You don't want to do the whole song halftime and then they go, oh man, we were looking at uh, <laughs> doing it full time. You know, like. Like this, you know, and you go, oh shit, no good. When you're doing your so fills, do, do, you, do, you, yeah. do you when you when you're composing, you know, a you know a drum track is certainly there's composition there. I mean, do you typically go through and just kind of do the even yourself sort of a bass beat and then kind of go back and work on the fills as the song goes, or are you to the point where you can just fill, you know, kind of anticipate things coming and do those <coughs> fills? Well, I like to listen to the song, and then, like I said, I'll listen to it for a bit, and then I'll just lay down some <clears throat> some drums <clears throat> without thinking too much about it. Right. And sometimes that works really well because I do a fill that I just did, or mm. not thinking about it, and it works really well in the song. It's com- it's melodic, mm-hmm. and I go, oh, I gotta use that, <clears throat> and then. I'll listen to the rest and go, okay, that's, you know, let me punch in on this part and try something a little different. And I'll punch all the different punches in on different parts. 
And then once I got that, I'll listen to that, uh, maybe another day or so. And then i pretty much familiar with the song. So then I'll just record the whole thing again, like I know the song. Do you, you know? fi- find when you with, with these with technology, you could make it sound like you really know the song? Yeah, <laughs> you know, by punching in on the part, and then you play it back as you do a good job, and you know how to do this. Sounds like holy crap, he knows the whole song, you know, all these parts and some. But it's really, it's the editing and stuff. Yeah, I, I, the, the the more I, I dip my toe into the water of Pro Tools and different DAWs, it seems that you can really do a lot of things if you have, the, you know, editing might be almost as much a skill as playing an instrument, you know, if you want mm-hmm. it to be. Um, when, when you work on a project, you know, Ronnie or, you know, your time in Dio or, or any of the projects, do, do other musicians tend to, as a drummer, provide you feedback or, or do you find certain you know instrumentalists don't understand the drums well enough to really step into your arena and, and give you suggestions or were there people that you found that you know maybe were better at critiquing in that arena um once in a blue moon ronnie would say something you know mm-hmm. about the drums but main, most of, 98% of the time, he didn't. He let me do what I want, you know? Yeah, and uh, um, I listened to suggestions because those are things that I wouldn't hear. Go, well, mm-hmm. I didn't hear it that way, but that makes, that's interesting. Uh, my band Last in Line, who I'm playing with now, with Vivian mm-hmm. Campbell and uh, Andrew Friedman, the singer, comes up sometimes with parts. He goes, you know, I hear like, and I go, oh, okay. And I'll try it, and I like it. So he comes up with some cool parts, you know. Yeah, and uh, I, sometimes it's something you wouldn't think of. So I try it. I always try it. I always, I always wondered that because you know a, a lot of I think a, a lot of guitar players think they understand singing, and, and bass players don't probably get all the respect they deserve. But I, don't, I think a lot of times people are intimidated by the drummer. Like you have the coordination to do that, and you know you you reach a certain stature. I'm just going to leave him alone and do its thing. But I was just kind of curious because yeah. it's it's a you know, it's an intimidating thing to critique if you don't understand it. Uh, you could, it's, it's a little bit easier to right. say, I don't like this guitar part, or, you know, usually the drummer is just, can you turn it down, or, you know, don't hit so hard you're drowning it out. But uh, yeah. I always think back to that scene in, um, the, I think it was called The Making of Pump that Aerosmith did, and watching Steven Tyler, and, you know, basically tearing to Joey Kramer about his drum parts. But, you know, he's coming from the perspective well, of a drummer. Yeah. Which uh, I, think I think that's been going on for a long time. <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah. If you spend a few Steven minutes with and Joe. Joe's uh, book, you get that uh, get that uh, certainly uh, spelled out pretty clearly in his autobiography. Um, obviously, remiss not to mention, uh, you know, we start off the interview the tenth anniversary of Ronnie's passing, um, and, and you're doing the last in line, which is, I'm sure, a great you know, sense to, to work with your bandmates from that period of time. Any uh, particular memories, you know, that, that kind of stand out to you looking back on your time with Dio? You spent, you know, obviously quite a bit of time with him in different carnation, incarnations. Yeah, it's, too, it, it's, it's so many great moments that there's not just one, you know. One of them that were, were great, we, you know, joined Sabbath and we did Mob Rules and the album went gold and it went platinum. And we, you know, same thing with Dio, mm-hmm. with Holy Diver. Except Holy Diver, we uh, actually 
started that from the beginning, Ronnie and I, so it wasn't a built-in uh, thing as much mm-hmm. as Sabbath had an established fan base. And, of course, you know, it, it was easier to do things big with Sabbath because uh, it's a giant band, you know, legendary mm-hmm. band. So when we got gold records with Holy Diver, that was a great moment for Ronnie and I because we, it was, when we saw it, it was just both of us. And that was it. So, um, so that was a good moment. Was, you got to realize how many stages, dressing rooms, hotels, airplanes, yeah. <laughs> bars, restaurants, airports, uh, recording studios, rehearsal studios we've been in. It's just too too many. Yeah. Yeah. There was many. a lot. Okay. Thank, uh, thank goodness. That is. Uh, obviously, you guys, you know, put out a great record last year with the, with the second last in line album. Obviously, 2020 has come and screwed up everyone's plans. Um, have you guys talked about, you know, there being a three uh, album down the road? Yeah, we're working on that now. We started uh, we started this at the beginning of the year, mm-hmm. and um, we recorded and wrote six songs, six new songs. And right now, we're at the. Uh, we were able to put double guitars, you know, that we always do, and drum tracks were there, bass tracks were there. We did put the guitars on. Now we're waiting for solos. It's going to be doing solos, and then we do vocals. So that's where we're at right now. So hopefully we'll get that done soon and then figure out a time to get back together and then... Right. We actually have another bunch of ideas that we right. put down too, really good ideas, and then put uh, six more songs together, you know, and then do the same thing and hopefully get this all done by the probably by the end of the year and uh, get this album out, you know. So that's what we've been doing. Yeah, was it was it um, when when you went back to playing with with Vivian and Phil and you know Jimmy, you know before his passing. Does that come? Does that relationship kind of come back musically pretty quick? I mean, obviously you went down a lot of roads oh, yeah. even with Vivian, though, even though it had been years, you know, since you'd been on stage. But I mean, is that like riding a bike? Oh yeah, absolutely. Because uh, once we got back together, we started with just Jim, uh, Jimmy Bain and, and mm-hmm. Viv. They called mm-hmm. me and said, "Would you want to jam just for fun one day?" Yeah. And I said, "Yeah." And we did, and we started playing all the old Dio stuff as much as we could remember, and it was a lot of fun. We all had a, mm. a lot of fun with it, and we decided to do it again the next week, and that's when I called Andy Freeman to come down to play, sing with us. And when he did, he knew all the songs, and he just blew everybody away. That's how the whole band started. But, uh, yeah, we just continued where we left off, even though it was 20 years later, you know? Yeah, it's, it's same amazing. with Sabbath when I joined Heaven and Hell. Same thing. Did you know? I'm sure that time went fast as heck too. I mean, I think you know, one thing you realize as you get older that time goes fast, and it's great. You know, you know, Vivian's obviously had his health issues. You guys can get back together and enjoy, you know, making music together, which is wonderful. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So right. it, you know, it's like riding a bike. Exactly. Same thing. Yeah. <laughs> Well, Vinny, I, I will will share links to everybody. You can check out Monsters and Heroes, a great track uh, you guys did, and they can pick up uh, the album you did with Paul and Carmine. And, and hopefully, we'll be seeing you on the road, you know, 
before we yeah, know it. You know, soon. with with any luck, all the years <laughs> kind of go. We can mention how the fast the years go. Uh, let's hope 2020 goes fast enough and we can get get this past us and get back to life as we love it and miss it. Right. Exactly. I agree. Well, thank you so much. Um, you know, thanks for supporting this and promoting it. And uh, Carmine and I appreciate it. It's great. Thank you, John. That uh, wraps up episode 438. I want to thank Vinny Apice for coming on and talking about the song Monsters and Heroes. Uh, you can find that on their YouTube page. Uh, if you just go to Vinny Apice, that's A-P-P-I-C-E, is the uh, YouTube account name. We'll put a link to this in the show notes. So if you go to ironcityrocks.com and go to this episode, which is 438, it'll be the one with a picture of Vinny. Uh, click on that. You can get, uh, you can check out the video. It's a really, really well done. You'll see the little uh, move that I was referring to when uh, uh, Vinny kind of makes a motion to his brother. It really, it, it looked very cool. You don't... Uh, not too many bands you think of who um, have two drummers or you know you get to see the interaction between two drummers so it's really cool to watch the brothers Apice slash a piece uh, that would be Vinny would be Apice and Carmine would be a piece um, and get to watch them interact with each other when they play even though it's virtual uh, it's still pretty cool to watch so uh, and also as I mentioned last in line had an album out in 2019 um, look forward to much more from those guys. So until next time, I want to thank you so much for listening. You can visit us on ironcityrocks.com. Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter are all forward slash ironcityrocks. And I want to thank you for listening. Mm-hmm.